0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up,
1: everyone? It's the Lob, the Jam, the podcast of Japan, coming to you with Mike Jag and the Jaguar. How are you doing,
2: Mike? Mike Jaglin, great. I mean, much better than Sunday night when I was down in the dumps after we all of our self-inflicted wounds. Oh and gosh. still having a chance to to win on that Kawhi, uh, Kawhi possible and one. But, again, that's behind us. And we have, we have the Wiz coming off five straight wins and uh, down 17 the Lakers and beating them in OT the night before. So got to be happy. Gotta be yeah, happy.
1: The Wiz is the perfect pick me up. We're also here with Justin, aka at La Clippers Film on Twitter. One of the best, uh, one of the best Twitter handles to follow if you're a Clipper fan. Uh, Justin, how you doing, man?
3: I'm doing great. Um, I'm happy to be on after a win. Um, things are looking up. The boys are healthy, and um, looks like uh, we're getting some mojo heading into the All Star break and heading into this road trip and. I sleep better when the Clippers win. No doubt. No, I really do. So, uh, this helps me uh, go so to bed. I. So, so uh, I'm happy yeah. to see that we got the to win tonight.
2: My marriage does better too.
3: <laughs>
2: Everything <laughs> in my life does I'm better. Serious.
1: It's incredible how much sway the Clippers have had over my life, my relationships, my general Especially happiness. during
2: a pandemic. Like, uh-huh. It's like you, the, the little things you grasp onto. And, and, The Clippers, since we've invested so much into a team that's, uh, you know, always kind of, you know, is that girl that has all the potential and lets you down, you know, we continuously go back to that ship
1: (laughs) yeah it's the worst to have that girl that you see so much in you want to make your wife you're waiting for her to show you something i think the clippers are showing us something though 135 to 116 against the washington wizards the wizards were a great pick-me-up i know they've been on a roll um they've been doing good but they're that same kind of defense that'll let you get 135 on them and i think the clippers have done that in the past and the clippers did that today Um, Some great performances that we're going to touch on a bit from throughout Paul George was great early, especially in the first half minutes with 30 points and 11 for 17 was an aggressor early and it really, you know, I know he was good uh, stats wise against the Rockets, but I feel like he didn't turn on the aggression until late. And he maintained that through the first half and it really shows you what the offense is me and Jag were talking a little bit about George um, turning it on um, and really unlocking this offense. Really showed it today with his aggression. Kawhi Leonard is Kawhi Leonard, 13 for 20, 32.7 boards. Really just good performances all around. I know Nick Batum didn't have a great night uh, on the box score, but he had great defense. I thought he was trying a little bit to initiate a little bit more on offense today it was great. The subs were fantastic. We're going to talk a little bit about all of them. Reggie Jackson, 17 points on three or five shootings, picking the spots a bit better, five boards, two assists uh Terrence Mann really saved the Clippers in the fourth quarter 12 points on five of seven couple of threes confident stroke just looking great out there and man I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna start a little bit with Ivica Zubat because uh me and Justin were talking a little bit before the pod started I mean this guy 12 and 12 today a huge just poster on Divus Bertans today um just so confident, rolling to the rim in strides, catching everything, doing what Lou Williams told him to do, just dunking on everybody, going to the rim with aggression.
2: His beautiful hands, pass. He had a beautiful be- pass to man.
1: Beautiful pass to man he on did. that great short roll. He's becoming better and better at that. You know, I'm not going to talk too much about him because we have so much to say about him. Justin, I'm going to let you start. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Zoo, and you, you were on Twitter before talking about Zoo's eliteness as a center. And I kind of want to give you the mic to talk about, about it a little bit because I couldn't agree more. What, what centers would you rather have over Vika Zubak right now? He's really flashing his potential at a killer deal. Justin, talk about zoo a little bit for us, man.
3: Um, so I'm one of the biggest zoo stands there is. You know what I mean? I will die on the Vika Zubak hill. And I'm glad he's proving me right. You know what I mean? Like over the last 10 games, the Clippers have like a 9.1 net rating with him on the floor. And it kind of supports the eye test. I just don't know how many bigs in his age range that get up and down the floor the way that he does, that have the hands that he does. He He finishes everything around the rim. And it does, it's not even just dunks. He's showing a great touch with like jump hooks and short hooks around the rim yep. um he's, he's flashing short row passing um his verticality and his rim protection is picked up right from where it left off last year um i just i think the world of the man and like he's a he's outside of like maybe like a 15 footer. he does all, he does just about everything you'd want in a in a center and to top it all up, he's he's gigantic. He's a big guy, and he's one of he. You don't find too many centers bigger than him on a night-to-night basis. So, like, I I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I probably I I, I don't think he's just there yet, as far as like one of like the top five or maybe even the top ten big. But I think I think by the end of his deal, he could certainly be that. Is he and, better than um,
2: Aiton? Would you take him over Aiton?
3: No. No, I wouldn't,
2: wouldn't. wouldn't. but, Um, but, but it's, it's debatable.
3: I don't know. I don't know about that because like, um, what, what I do value the ability to like showcase some individual offense. Um, and Aiden has got the pick and pop game. You can throw it to him in a post. He can generate a shot by himself, um, in a way that's a bit more varied than a zoo can. Um, and, and Aiden, he's kind of regressed a little bit on defense, but last year he kind of showed some growth in that. So I think right. the complete, like, like Aiden, Aiden, the, the actualized version of DeAndre Aiden is like 22 and like eight or nine or something like that. And that's something that I'm not sure Zoo can get to, but I'm also not sure that, the prototype the the archetype of player that a is, is kind of good for a championship team right like i don't know he's got he's got a long ways to go towards being the defender that that anchor for a championship level team um but i, I don't i don't want i don't even want to get into comparing zoo to other players because i think that kind of diminishes how good he just he really is Because when you watch him play, man, I I think he helps this Clipper team out in a way that, like, I honestly wish I hate to go back to it. But I honestly wish Doc would have seen it because he could have had a similar impact to that team last year. And we may be talking about the Clippers in a totally different way if we just had faith in him last year. But better late than never. um, He's on his way, man. Um, He's played 208 minutes over the last 10 games. For us, and the Clippers have a 114 offensive rating when he's on the floor, 105 defense. Um, he's doing everything that's asked of him. And then some, he's closing games. I'm, I'm, I I'm. just want to see his career progress. He's super
1: exciting. And, you know, I agree. it's it's uh, as far as the Aiden thing, if Aiden hadn't shown the defensive growth that he did by the end of last year, it's. I think it's a debate. Uh, I don't want to get too much also into those individual comparisons. But the fact that that could even be held up against somebody who is such a high lottery pick and, like, any comparison could be made. It says something about Zubats' all-around game. He's fit into this team so well. He's just... So he's been so good. I love his progression. After being concerned about him taking a step back earlier in the year, watching him really ramp up and embrace this bench role, watching Ty Lu embrace his fourth quarter minutes in a way that Doc never did. Uh, yeah, just man. watching his confidence. He is so confident going to the rim. I don't know what Lou Williams told him. You see him talking around the bench every time over, telling him to just destroy everything. But zoo is doing that. That dunk today. Ooh, we, that was uh, that was something you could see his aggression going to the rim and just his general confidence, his passing, everything is progressing. And I am so excited just for his general progression. I just, he, I ended up leaving this game, you know, knowing Paul George is uh, rounding into form. Kawhi Leonard is doing his thing. All of our guys were doing great. Terrence Mann, who we'll definitely talk about in a moment too, is showing himself to be not only be a rotation guy, but somebody who can kind of flip a game, which is so promising. But Zoo, Zoo to me, um, I think this sort of can really become elite. And I, I I, ended up leaving this game thinking about that first, just watching him in the fourth quarter and feeling like, you know what? I, I, I i we've grown so much with this guy. He's as close to kind of like a homegrown type of player that we've had since we got him so early in his career and gave him so much confidence. So he's a, that exciting rookie type guy that we would have liked to have seen, you know, with like Shea, where we saw Shea grow up before our eyes. I think I, you know, it's, it's not a direct comparison, but watching zoo grow up like this, it's just really exciting for a, uh, for a Clipper fan who loves seeing that kind of homegrown uh, quality that we saw with guys like DJ and Blake Griffin and seeing zoo make the leap from, you know, a serviceable uh, starter who pro- who might be benched in the fourth for some, for one reason or the other to this guy who's just can't be played off the court is getting his minutes late. He's just, he's just very, very, very exciting to me. Uh, Jack, do you have any more takes on, on zoo?
2: Yeah, I mean, the man was traded for Mike Muscala. I mean, the Lakers gave like, <laughs> literally, literally teed us up, and that will probably go down, uh, you know, as we look five years down the line as one of the worst trades the Lakers had ever, have ever made. Um, you know, especially... The a, thing. Oh, you know what? I'm go- Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, like, think about what they, what they gave up. Just you know, just to make sure that they were going to be able to get Davis. Um, granted, you're getting Davis, but five years down the line, what, what's Zoo going to be? What twenty six, twenty seven? And yeah, you know who, and, who would
1: like who would like Zubat Anthony Davis? He would he would like a guy like like him well, Zubat.
2: And and also too the player development. I know we're going to talk about man. Um, but the player development on the Atkinson side definitely has something to do with this Zoo zoo resurgence. Let's call it, um, because you know what he, you know what he did with Bam. I mean, not saying he's Bam, but I really feel that what Zoo's going to be able to do. And you guys have brought up some very great points. Teams aren't going to game plan for Zoo. He's just going to be that guy that you know, especially in the playoffs. We'll go off for 15 and 10 randomly, not randomly in our minds, but to another team. Don't you agree, guys?
3: No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And Ty Lu mentioned something um, in postgame tonight that kind of resonates with what you just said, which is that um, he's so big that you can't game plan for him because he's going to be going against your second unit fives and your second unit fives aren't as big as zoo. They aren't as mobile as zoo. And he's taking advantage of that. And then, and so come playoff time, you can get like, you can steal six or seven minutes of great zoo minutes as he's playing against a, a trunk truncated makeshift, um, first, second unit um, between a playoff in a playoff game or something like that. So um, I don't know. His size just jumps off the page for me, and it's a real it's a real treat to be able to have that kind of big center that's mobile coming off the bench. You don't really see that that often.
1: You guys listening might not have expected so much Zubat so early to this podcast, but that's just how hyped I am. We're gonna take a quick break and talk a little bit more, more about this game after this quick one
0: Now, get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562 314 4603 for details.
1: All right, and we're back. So, we talked plenty about Zubat. Um, I think it's worth talking a little bit about Paul George. He had a hot start to start this game. Most of his points came in that first half, but uh, he was a game high plus 21 in just 28 minutes. Uh, Didn't have to play heavy minutes. We've been having him on a minutes restriction, of course, which was uh, which was particularly notable in that last game against the Brooklyn Nets since he was benched those last few minutes. Um, But Paul George was aggressive uh, in this game for the start. I think he had what, 26 or so of his points in that first half, Um, six to seven from three, 11 to 17 from the field. And really was just aggressive going downhill. You know, a lot of people talk about the playmaking with the Clippers needing a, needing a quote-unquote true point guard, um, but I think when Paul George has this mentality, it really, it really, and, and this has not been naive. Clipper Twitter has been talking about this already. Paul George's downhill mentality really adds a facet to the Clippers' offense that I feel like, you know, a lot of people think a true point guard would do. And and he's really taken that role. It's been shown in his turnovers. He's kind of learning on the fly. He talked about pick and roll opportunity um, last offseason when he was on um, um, All the Smoke, the Barnes and Jackson podcast. And people kind of scoffed at it because he was put in so much uh, playmaking opportunity and pick and roll opportunity last year with Doc. But you're seeing his playmaking take on a whole different level um jag we can start with you um we talked a little bit in that brooklyn game about paul george going downhill in that fourth quarter and kind of unlocking a little bit of the clippers when they were down 15 even though his stats looked good and then he kind of continued that on into this game what did you note from paul george today and and how did you feel the offense hummed this time around granted it's the wizards um but how did you feel about the offense after being so frustrated with the offense last time? And how much do you think of that do you think is attributable to someone like Paul George being aggressive early?
2: Well, I, I feel like Paul George being aggressive early sets a tone. It's a tone setter. Um, him going downhill is another, you know, attribute that this team needs to get to the promised land and win it. Um, You know, we we talked about, like, the difference between, like, Kyrie and Harden compared to uh, Kawhi and PG is those two can go downhill at will, right? And they can make things happen on top of getting their own shots. The more I feel that PG does that and the more I feel that Kawhi does that, you know, I'm pissed off, I'm going to go to the hole, is just going to make things open up overall. And, uh, you know, having PG start off the way he did, uh, very, very aggressive, was great. Um, You know, again, the team, you know, let this Wizards team get right right back into the game in the third quarter, uh, which I think scared the living hell out of all of us. But from that point on, they clamped on. But, you know, PG, let's not forget, he was named to the all-star game, all-star team today. So that, that's another thing we should be talking about.
1: Oh yeah. Dude is definitely an all-star. That there's no doubt about it. I'm glad that they didn't omit him today. Uh, Justin, Paul George, what what difference does it make having an aggressive Paul George to this offense?
3: Um, He makes all the difference because if the best version of Paul George um, kind of He the best way I can describe it is he's the point guard and he gives us that dynamic. He gives us that dynamic um, playmaker that we, quote unquote, have been missing. And so often I feel like when people say the Clippers need a point guard, I feel like the question you're asking or should be asking is, do you think they need to upgrade as a point guard over Paul George? And in my opinion, the answer is no, because you want him to have the ball in the playoffs anyway. And so I just think you mentioned how he's kind of learning on the fly, and that's why you see some of these messy turnovers. Um, but I, I've been I've been impressed with his ability to generate offense for us, and he's oftentimes the um, the initiator for the next the next pass, right? Like he gets he gets I don't even know the number, but he gets at least from the eye test, he gets quite a bit of hockey assist. right? Because he'll touch yep. he'll touch he'll touch the paint draw two, puncture the defense, then kick out the defense is in recovery, then that's how Batum will end up with a corner three or Surge will end up with a pick and pop or something like that. So um yeah he's been he's been great as a playmaker. And um my thing with him is just staying aggressive, man. Just whether it's shoot he doesn't have to just shoot, but like just staying aggressive and um just staying within the game. Because I think I thought at times last year When the shot wasn't going down, he could float and he just wouldn't wouldn't be aggressive. And um, I I think he's too good for that. And this team, especially with this roster makeup, we need him to be aggressive. And I wish, honestly, he'd come out as aggressive as he did tonight more often. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys agree with that, but like this was one of this was. This was one of the more aggressive halves that I've seen from him. And he's such a good shooter, especially from like three. He's shooting like an outrageous percentage from, from mid-range as well. He's shooting well at the rim. He's such a great scorer that he could really get us going in a, in a better way if we just, just play this level of aggression every night. Come out with an aggressive mindset. He mentioned after the game that he did it on purpose because of who the who the um, Wizards were. So I just wish he'd be this aggressive more often, man. And yeah, shout out to him for making the All-Star game and making people eat their words so far.
1: Absolutely. Dude is killing it. He hasn't been shy talking about how he's killing it. That's a really nice, succinct way of talking about it. Floating versus being aggressive. I felt like Paul George floated a lot in that first half uh, into some of the third quarter against the Nets, even though his stats were good and he felt good. I didn't. I felt like he was just having a good game, but he was doing a lot of the floating that you were kind of talking about. Well,
2: well let's also not forget the man had two giant shoulders oh absolutely right i mean right. And, and again every we, we live in this world of you know nba 2k and that players <laughs> bounce back like nothing has happened and we you know you we didn't see him going downhill last year that much you know he was floating a lot right he was and thinking I, about it he even said as much he was thinking about his shoulders yeah, exactly, and 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 you know that you're going to go into the lane, you're going to get contact, even though he's you know taller than most of these guys, you know the him and whatnot. But you know that that's something that again you can't you can't overlook. And the more aggressive, the more downhill he plays. I, wow, I mean, again, we all know the sky's the limit with this team I, when they're clicking.
3: Yeah, and. You, the one thing I will say about Paul George is if you look at the big difference this year, other than being healthy, because that is true. Like you mentioned something about it not being 2k. That's funny. Cause like people, 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 and doc, you, you, you definitely can attest to this. People watch NBA players get surgeries and they just say, Oh, that's four to six weeks. Or it's like, um, he'll be better in the off right, season by right. training camp. Like, <laughs> yo, oh, right. he just oh, had a-
2: look at Blake Griffin. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> dudes Griffin's are a- having
3: like dudes are having like operations on their bodies, and like sometimes that takes maybe like a year or a year and a half. But like, I also don't think he was that bad last year. I think I think the bubble. I think the bubble kind of like um made people forget that dude averaged twenty two a game in twenty nine minutes last year. With like forty-two percent from three on exceptionally high value, like he's he's very similar to what he's doing now. The only difference is he's seeing a nice uptick in minutes from like twenty-nine to like thirty-four. Yeah, dudes, dude, I'm,
1: splits were great last year. Yep.
3: Yeah, he's he's just he's a tremendous basketball player, and people let a pandemic-induced bubble kind of like get in the way of that, and I I don't know
2: why, but it is what it is. Jump on his depression, you know. You know, dangle him in every off-season trade. It's ridiculous. I mean, to to, to, to make people think that and even debate that he's the third option is nuts. I mean, you know, that's what the, that's what the, that's what the pundits were were, were doing. In the you know,
1: people people are hated on, and, and you know, Russell Westbrook is one of them. I think he deserves a lot of his hate. Westbrook was really. Um, uh, really bad today minus 26 I think his his uh, his counting stats look great even his percentage looked great but man the Clippers did not care wherever he was he almost looked like that overexcited uh, player on the floor that nobody's guarded that just kind of crashes to the rim sometimes and it kills me because Russ was such a force of nature and watching him now this guy is definitely hated on but I feel like his game has regressed quite a bit Uh, To just kind of go back to what I was saying, is Paul George essentially the most disrespected player in basketball right now? Because just with the the crazy Twitter talk about him, a lot of people hating on him, going on about his depression, kind of scoffing at it, um, calling him, you know, not a worthy second option. He has been balling since OKC. He's been playing well with us too, but I feel like he's such a lightning bolt uh, for criticism, or is this just me just being a biased Clipper guy? Justin, what do you think about that take?
3: not nah, easy. He's definitely up there, man. Like, um, I, he got into an altercation with like Bruce Brown oh my um, gosh. in the Nets game. And like, I'm I'm not gonna say it on the podcast, but like if you if you if you read if you guys read lips, you would see exactly what Bruce Brown said to Paul George. And it's the same thing that Devin Booker said to Paul George. Right. When no we were playoffs in booker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like and like and like people feel like they can like step to Paul George and that that's kind of extended to like the NBA fan base especially on, on social media so he, he's definitely he definitely gets his fair share of disrespect and it's probably not warranted because he doesn't seem like he's much of a trash talker and he's yeah. he's a tremendous and he above all else he's a tremendous basketball player so like right you know it's 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 it comes it comes with the territory though and the only way to shut them up is to win and you, you got to keep winning.
1: You know it's it's one thing when fans who don't know anything you know even all of us you know we can go on Twitter and say whatever you know we don't play pro NBA basketball we can I wish we, I did, though? I wish I did too. It would, uh, it would, it would make maybe we wouldn't be doing this podcast, but uh, <laughs> you know, like we can spout off whatever fans can do, whatever they want to behind their computers. But when guys that are kind of unproven, and I, I Devin Booker clearly is, a, is an incredible scorer, but you know, he hasn't proven anything in the postseason. Chris Paul showed up and now they're elite, and you know, Booker's going to take credit for that, but um, I, you know,
2: I mean, he, we're they're not, elite, they're not elite until they win a freaking playoffs, exactly. And these guys. I mean, Guys. Like, and like these, Paul, these guys Paul are the ones was, Go ahead, Jack Went to two. He, Paul George went to two straight Eastern Conference Finals against LeBron, and didn't he take him to Game Seven one year? And and he then did. he has a he catastrophic injury, bounces back from that, and and then and people not, don't
1: talk about his toughness in, uh, enough. No, you know,
2: no, they don't. And you know, he is that that human punching bag to a lot of these talking heads. But again, I don't think a lot of these guys watch the games, especially clipper games, like we do, so we, we, we witness his greatness night in and night out and sure he does have flaws like every any other player. but you know he's a top 15 player hands down, right?
1: 15 oh not even he's top, he's I mean this year he's been top ten
2: yeah, top uh, I, eight. Yeah. I, I'm saying worst case, and, and that's being and, and right. living in Ponderville. Yeah, yep. worst case. Worst case, no, I
1: definitely agree with that. We're going to have more to talk about this game, uh, we'll a lot to talk about after this quick break All right, and we're back. So it's probably worth talking about Terrence Mann today and the rotation um, minutes he's taking away from Luke Kennard with his play. Terrence Mann was fantastic again today. 12 points, five of seven from the field, two of two from three. That stroke looking more and more confident. Four boards, two assists, some nice drives to the rim, a nice pass from Zubat for a dunk. A lot of great things today. And his energy is just becoming just an infectious thing now. Um, In the fourth quarter, you know, his play and that energy that picked up the whole unit sort of snapped the Clippers into gear today after the third quarter was kind of a disaster. Um, And it's worth also talking about that Luke Kennard didn't come off the bench in the second half until um, until it was garbage time and he had a three in garbage time. And he's essentially getting played off even in a game where Lou Williams and all that hype was about Luke Kennard maybe coming in, getting that big contract and taking Lou Williams' spot in the rotation. Well, Lou Williams didn't even play today. And Luke Kennard couldn't get off the bench in the second half. And he looked like he was in his own head in the first half. So this is getting to be, um, you know, kind of a thing. We gave this guy, Luke, a lot of money today, but it, we should also talk about the great play of Terrence Mann. Um, Jag, uh, Mann versus Canard, Mann's play versus Canard's disappointing play. How are you feeling about that, Jack?
2: First off, I, I, was, I was down on Mann to, to start the season. And since that Sacramento game, he's, he's flipped the script. And he's flipped the script in, in such a way that a, a man that makes sixty million dollars is stuck riding the pine, and was given a given a shot tonight, uh, but didn't take advantage. And in that fourth quarter, he scores you know that that giant three, and then that two, he basically gets the lead right back up to ten, and then that zoo find you know you know and on top of that his defense on Beal was really solid so i mean i i i don't know what the ceiling is with the man i do feel like ever since they kind of took him off of being that kind of traditional backup point guard or turn him into that and made him more positionless he's he's kind of kind of grown into his own don't you guys agree
1: yeah, it mean,
2: looks great
3: out there. Go ahead, Justin. Nah, he's um, I I look at I look at T man as like you know over the course of like seventy two or, or in a typical season, an eighty two game season, um, veteran older team. It's game like 30, 35 are um, they're tough. They're tough to get up for, especially against a Washington Wizards team who. Um, they've been playing well lately, but as a whole, they're not, they're not a factor. They're not, they're, you know what I mean? And so games like this, um, high, a high energy wing with some pop who can like, just get some energy going, um, is important. And the 10th man, no pun intended, um, on a roster becomes a bit more important. And so you're kind of seeing what he can be as in the NBA right now, which is in, which is valuable over the course of a 72 game season someone who can be a jolt of some youthful athleticism, right? Like that play against Brooklyn where he broke up the lob in the first half, um, is still it still rings in my head. It's an incredible um right. it's that's an incredible defensive player. This? Crazy. And I think and I think um on Twitter tonight, Ryan Russillo was still talking about he was talking about how um Terrence Mann makes some just jaw-dropping defensive plays and he truly does and he he's someone who like he he's a wing that you just throw out throw out on the floor and you say just make plays cut rebound deflections um keep your motor up and and he's someone that helps he's helped he's he's, Bruce Brown he's (laughs) Bruce Brown (laughs) that's a that's a nice that's a that's a nice way of putting it you know what I mean uh he just he moves the chains for us right like To get to the finish line, we need to get through games like this and games like this are helped by young guys who can like give us a nice shot in the arm of great energy on both ends of the floor. And I think he provides that for us. I was like you. I I was I was kind of out on him to start the year. Um, I didn't know kind of what Terrence Mann looked like, but uh, as far as like an NBA player is concerned, but it looks like we actually have an NBA player in Terrence Mann and that's a win. Because you got to think about like it wasn't too long ago we drafted um, Jerome Robinson, who literally didn't get off the bench for like Washington. And so to at least get an NBA player out of a recent draft is like um, it's a big deal for me. And he's someone that's going to help us get through the season. So to me, that's a win. And it's kind of a validation of the front office because Terrence Mann was mentioned as one of the reasons why Doc Rivers isn't here. And so it's kind of a validation that like, hey, if you play this guy, he can be helpful. So um, I'm looking forward to his continued progression and to see what what he can do on the offensive end as he gains more confidence and a longer leash.
1: Yeah, his offensive confidence has been super encouraging. We've always known him as a possible defensive guy. Doc used to play him at the end of those first quarters, um, third quarters, just to get him some reps there. You saw his potential there. But then his offensive, you know, potential under Doc, you know, was he a point guard? Could he be this big point guard? You know, now that he's just being played as the wing he's supposed to be or this kind of positionless wing, honestly, like the offense – being so fairly positionless um, between most of the players outside of Surge and Zoo particularly ha- has been a nice uh, boon for a guy like Terrence Mann because he hasn't had to be the point guard in the offense, the point guard in the second unit. And he's really thrived. It's really exciting. I don't know his ceiling yet, honestly. I mean, I, I don't know what an ideal version of Terrence Mann would be on a future Clipper, you know, playoff team. But I'm excited, right, to just see him as a player, especially when you have somebody like, you know, Fiondo Cavangeli, who, who we traded uh, a future draft pick for that uh, ended up also being waste. We've seen some of the Clippers' later blunders. Um, uh, Fiondo's probably not going to be a Clipper to end this season. And by probably, I mean definitely not. He did hit, hit a three-pointer today. Kudos to him um, for for making the shot of the game, pretty much. Um, but um, it's great to see something like Man being developed and being another one of those kind of um, – homegrown guys he is a true homegrown guy versus zoo who is drafted elsewhere but man is developing great and of course he's in contrast to Luke Canard um who Canard is just kind of losing his spine's rotation we gave him this big contract you know he's he's this guy we're investing a lot in i've been patient with Luke but he he did not he did not earn anything out there today he did not earn coming back in the game out there and i want Luke to be good cuz i see all the tools in him especially on offense but he's just not putting it in right now. Justin, like what do we do about this Luke Canard problem?
3: Um, you kind of got to let it play out. Um, I don't, I, I think we are invested in Luke for the loan call. So I'm not too concerned yet, especially considering the deal hasn't even, hasn't really like kicked in yet, but um, it's, it's, it's something that it's worth monitoring. Right. So, He's. He, I'm. I'm hopeful that as he gets more distance away from um his his injuries and he gets more more confidence in himself physically, that he'll be able to take more advantage of like opportunities as they come, as far as like playing time is concerned. But like right now, it's just it's just hard to um to figure it out. And I think uh we were talking about Terrence Man, but I actually think the Reggie Jackson um. Thing is kind totally of agree. Um, totally and agree totally
2: agree
3: that's that's kind of what that's kind of what's benched him because if hmm. you remember when we were playing the three guard lineup of Reggie Lou and Luke and it didn't work right. Reggie was Reggie was the one who right, we right. sat we sat and said you're the one that's going to get the DNP CDs but he's but he's played so well that that he now all of a sudden has to play and so if he has to play and Lou has to play, all of a sudden, Lou Kennard, like, where does that fit? And so Reggie Jackson, you know, he's up and down. He may have some stretches where he's he's yeah. bad. And so Lou Kennard is going to have a chance at some point to, like, get into the rotation again. Um, I don't know if Reggie Jackson is going to be as solid as he's been, relatively speaking, for the rest of the season. So he'll have his chances, but – um it's just really hard for him, right? Like he's coming off the bench with like Marcus Morris, who's a shooter and a scorer. Lou Williams is a playmaker and a scorer and Reggie Jackson has become a playmaker and sort of a scorer for that second unit. So it's it's tough and he's just got to find his way. Um, Unfortunately, the nature of the NBA, somebody will get hurt. And this season, somebody may even get like, have to go into health and safety protocols and Luke's number will be called. Like maybe, maybe in that Memphis um, series next week, on, when we get on the road, um, maybe Kawhi or PG don't play or, or something like that. So he um, just got to stay ready. Um, I, I still have faith in his um, in the idea of Luke Kennard. I still think it's early to be all the way out on him, but it's um, definitely not the best start to his Clipper tenure for sure. But you know, it's it it's, it's something we just got to stick with.
1: Yeah, Jack, how are you
2: feeling about Luke? Uh, not great. I mean, the fact that Terrence Mann is fighting for his career, I think, um, you know, and he has one more year on his contract that I believe Terrence does at a cheap rate. Um, and, and, and then again, and Reggie, you know, R- Reggie played really well tonight. I mean, what, what do you have, 17 points and two giant threes in the fourth? Yep, I nice too um, yeah i i I feel like they're getting contributions from guys that you wouldn't really i want to say not not count on but expect on a consistent basis. Does that make sense? and with that, I think Luke has not done any favors to stick himself in those in the rotation consistently. And until like, like Justin was saying, he gets that break, which again, I feel like he's more than capable of going off for 20 points in in one of these next road games. But I I think heading into the break, Luke Kennard is going to be one of, probably the number one clipper under the microscope. I
1: mean, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, we'll be keeping a close eye on him. I think Kennard is probably going to get a little bit of, I I don't want to say a pass, but I feel like if he underperforms this year, a lot of people are going to kind of hope that, you know what, maybe it's because our team is loaded. Maybe Lou Williams isn't back next year. Maybe he'll have a bigger role next year. People definitely will be keeping an eye on him because we're paying him this contract that won't kick in until next year but um he's he's uh he's
2: and, he's- and, and let's not forget Lou, Lou, Lou didn't play tonight right right so, I mean that's another so, again, big yeah, reason that's another big playing. thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's another thing to add on
1: yep 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 so Lou's gonna be somebody we keep an eye on for sure especially fans thinking about the long-term game here with the Clippers we're gonna take another quick break finish up about this game then talk a little bit about the games coming up ahead all right, we're back. So, you know, we're going to wrap up this game. We've had a lot of good talking points to talk about here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Kawhi Leonard, who, of course, was great. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't even really need to say it. He was 32 points, 13 of 20, killing the mid-range, 3 of 7 from 3, uh, 3 of 6 from the line. But, you know, it's, it's Kawhi. I'll be fine. Uh, 7 uh, seven boards for us. I mean, he was great. I mean, I don't really have anything to say about Kawhi. He's just the most consistent guy on this team. Uh, he's going to give you those points and uh, you, you can't stop him. You can't really guard them. Um, I, I don't really have much more to say about it. I thought Serge was fine today after a, f- a few disappointing games. You know, I think he's just kind of overshadowed uh, by Zoo's great, great games, but you know, Serge is fine. I mean, I feel like we've complained about him a lot recently. I, I don't, I don't want to completely throw him under the bus, but Surge is perfectly fine as a counterpart to Zoo. Um you know, Justin, we might as well get your take on it because I think we kind of talked a lot about Serge last game, and I, I have over the last few games because I've been frustrated with him. Teams have been baiting him to play, play in the post. He's he's possibly been one one of the weakest guys, maybe the weakest guy in our in our legit eight man rotation. So over the last few games, I've been I've been frustrated with him. But you know, he he gives good things, and I want to be more positive about Serge. So maybe you can help me out, Justin.
3: Um. Well uh he's 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 um according to um espn's nba real plus minus he's been a top 15 center this year um (laughs) yeah it's crazy right like yeah um and he's he's been the any any and and on defense he's been the seventh best center in the in the league i'm (laughs) I'm not kidding you i'm not kidding you I, i guess that's some positivity but um all in all, I think you know Serge's value is in the playoffs, and I think it just his spacing alone kind of helps. Um, I really do wish, I really do wish he'd stop trying to post up. Um, I kind of like mentioned it during the um, the Brooklyn Nets game that uh, he will think he has an advantage, and he will seek a post up, and the Clippers give him the ball and like I think we need to show some more discipline as far as like letting him know like that's not your game bro like stop you know I, I if I see him miss another like a uh, floater shot around the rim I'm gonna go insane he's just that's not his game but um there was we, a moment we,
1: there, there was a moment in the Brooklyn game so to interrupt you where I think Kyrie was guarding a guard off ball and he actively just switched onto Surge. like there was there wasn't like there wasn't like a screen or anything like that that I could really see. He just it was like he just jumped onto Serge and then the Clippers dumped it down low on him. Like teams are, are want you to post up Serge. It's it's I, every time I see Serge post up, I just cringe. And um yeah, go go ahead, Justin. I just I don't want to get too negative on Serge because I've been dumping on him too much. I'm going to let you I'm going to let you keep going. Uh <laughs> go ahead.
3: No, I mean I mean like he still provides value as far as like a floor spacer. Like defenses Definitely. have yeah. have to respect him as a, as a shooter as a five, which is the reason why that starting lineup is still so potent. I think that I think they have their if not one of if not the best um, starting five in basketball. Um, and that's because in part because Serge is um his his gravity kind of gives Paul George space to like playmate and get downhill. And you kind of saw that today. So um, he's still he's still incredibly valuable. Um, we we got him for the playoffs. Um, so I'm I'm more I'm more so just hoping he just likes, you know, just put it with the post up. Stop calling for the ball so much and stay outside of the three point line offensively, or at least the mid range. He does have a nice mid range shot. He had he made he had a few go down tonight. Um, I'm not. I'm not too concerned or worried about um, Serge Ibaka. Honestly, I think he's fitting well, and I love the look with him and um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Though he complements them so well, and he gives them so much space, and that's going to be regardless of whether or not he makes or misses. So, um, I'm. I'm. I'm still a Serge guy. I'm still in on him. Um, I just wish he'd stop shooting so many like hook shots around the rim. <laughs>
1: No, I definitely think it's worth uh, mentioning. You know, if if you don't have a pick and pop center, then you're going to have a crowded lane. And, you know, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, one of as many lanes going down, especially Paul George. And that's that in itself uh, provides a lot of value. And that's definitely worth uh, mentioning. Jag, you know, I know we we both kind of piled on Serge last time. Uh, He played pretty decently today. Uh, Looked all right out there in his limited minutes. Zoo kind of limited him with his fantastic play. I just feel like I want – this is such a good vibes game that I wanted, I wanted to be a little bit more positive on him. So I wanted you guys to be more positive on him. Jag, did, did you feel – uh, did you see kind of Serge's merit, especially today seeing Paul George go downhill so much?
2: I, mean, I, I thought Serge played fine. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of in Justin's boat that I, I am a Serge believer. Uh, he does get careless with the ball. Um, I think, that, I think that there was one play he got a rebound and just like instead of like you know kind of evaluating the situation, he kind of chucked it towards where a Clipper was gonna be and and, and a Wizard just grabbed it, and I, I think he 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 needs to be a a little more uh, self aware when he does have the ball down low or when he is getting a rebound of where he's going with that. I think those have been the biggest issues and totally agree that he should be concentrating more on the pick and pop than this, this finishing around the rim, which again looks a lot more difficult than it should be.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally with you. Um, you just have to uh, just remember with surge that um, he's he's not supposed to be better than Zoo. Like Zoo was the, in my opinion, he was the better player coming into the year. Um, he's the better player now. Um, it's more about the fit, and he he's been a phenomenal fit. Um, and lineups with surge, as far as like with our starters, are are great, and so like. I'm I'm a huge Surge guy and I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. Um, I I love how despite the fact that Surge starts, um Tyloo is really going hard with like closing with um with uh Zo. absolutely. And yeah, yeah. And I and I love that. I love that man. Um, how, much, how much how much confidence is that is give is that giving Zo? um come playoff time where like he's comp- he's confident and comfortable in closing games for us um I-, I love it I love it and like you know if he if Serge scores points that's great but like honestly his spacing is what's most important for for our starters and any lineup that he's in really so um that's 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 the big thing with Serge and I'm a fan and I'm still I, I, I I'm I don't, I'm not worried at all
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com.
0: Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right, guys. For sure about Surge, uh, I think we've covered a little bit our guys today. Uh, now looking ahead a little bit to this Grizzlies back-to-back. Um, you know, Um, tricky. Grizz- it's
2: tricky. It's tricky. tricky.
1: Go ahead, Jag. What, what yeah. are you kind of looking forward to in that back-to-back? Why do you think it's tricky? Uh,
2: one are Kawhi and PG going to play back-to-back games? And, you know, uh, even though Jaron Jackson hasn't played for the Grizz and they, they haven't been playing great of late, um, I just feel a trap coming on. But maybe that's just my my Clipper doomsday. Um, <laughs> but but, but I, I feel a trap coming on. Um, but if you can get both of those wins and then head into Milwaukee, the confidence level will definitely be sky high. But I'm mentally prepping for a loss in Memphis.
1: How about you, Justin? <laughs> uh,
3: like, so we should be able to um, – to, to, we should be able to take care of business there. But, you know – it's the NBA and any team can be beaten on any given night. It sounds cliche, but it truly is true. You look up and every night there's a bad team giving a really good team a game. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. Um, the back-to-backs seem to be tricky. Um, sweeping those, I don't know the numbers, but it just feels like that doesn't happen that often in the league this year. Um with, with since we've done the baseball style, um, no, and it, um, and it seems like the
2: home, t- it seems like the home team does better on the second night, I think right? That's right, exactly. Is. Yeah, what um, is so, a home but, team
1: even? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I think they probably have Phantom Memphis. Uh, I could, well, that's really? fair. I, yeah, I don't even it know, wrong. I don't even know, honestly. Um, but
3: not miss going to Staples Center, bro.
2: I, I oh god I miss I miss going to games. Oh, I miss games so much.
3: Gosh. Oh. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, but uh, I. By the way, I do have us winning both of those games, but um, I think one will be unnecessarily close. How about how about that? <laughs> we've had one some history.
1: We've had some history of unnecessarily close games against Memphis. I think I remember particularly. I think it was a game. Um, where Trez hit that game-winning dunk like right down the stretch. Maybe, I think we had an injury that game though too. Um, but I remember they played us close. They also beat us pretty bad once once around. And of course, I was talking to Jag last pod about that infamous uh, water pipe game, which I'll never forget. And of course, not to mention uh, the grid and Grin and Grizzlies who gave us give some hell back in the day. So Memphis already has some history with the Clippers. I remember there was that ESPN or something map where it talked about the most hated teams in each state and, uh, and Memphis carried pretty strongly the Clipper hate, uh, out there. And I think that was the only time the Clippers popped up on the map. Um, otherwise everywhere else, you know, it was Lakers or now, whatever the heck, uh,
2: I'm worried with the Grayson Allen game. Oh, that's fair. The
1: Grayson Allen who, uh, who I think had dropped 40 plus on us and what Ralph Lawler's last regular season home game, uh, Grayson Allen, he, he, and he's been good for them. He's been good. He's been a nice player for them. So um, I definitely understand Jag's concern as far as one of these games being kind of trappy. Um, and, and I it's don't. It's a
2: weird roadie. It's a really, it's a, it's a weird, tough roadie. And, yeah. and that's why like the, that's why the, the Brooklyn game ticked me off so bad. Um, because we had such an opportunity if we would have just played our style um, and not created those turnovers and, and the points in the paint, um, you know to be able to to give one of these up and, and And again, the Lakers are reeling. The Lakers are reeling and they have to play the jazz, the suns, the warriors, the blazers, and the kings. So I mean that that's no walk in the park. So this is a great opportunity, you know. If the Clippers can, what? So we have two against Memphis, Milwaukee, Boston, and the Wizards. What are we thinking there, guys? Are we three and two, four and one? Um, um, I'm hopeful
3: for four and one. By the way, I, I'm hopeful. You are okay. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I just think. I'm sorry. I just think when this team is fully healthy, they they're what seventeen to four, and two of those losses have come to one team. Um, I, I I I I hesitate because that's definitely it definitely could it could like it could blow up in my face. But like, man, this team is like really damn good. Like they are really good, man. And uh, I don't. I never. I never walk into with rare exception. I feel like they can and should win games that that they play if they take care of business, but. You know, it's never that simple. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I've got positive vibes, just just like with you, Justin. Just because I think this healthy squad is uh, is really, really good, particularly with Kawhi and Paul George healthy. Jag makes a good point. You know, maybe, particularly Paul George, fresh off this on this minutes restriction, maybe he could be held out one of these games. But George has been pretty good as far as playing games and playing through some stuff. I, I think m- maybe more likely he's his minutes restriction just kind of continues. But but we'll see. You know, I'm positive right now, um, unnecessarily positive, considering my general demeanor. Um, I do I do kind of like four and one. I think the Celtics are, are kind of a mess right now. Um, I think they might split between that Bucks game and that Celtics game, and they really they should win the rest of these games. Grizzlies times two, Wizards. Wizards just, will
2: be weird though. Again, Wizards, like, Wizards
1: could be uh, a weird uh, game. Yeah. 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 And that's but why we should, but, so we, but we should win that game. You so know, go currently,
2: what currently we're tied with the Lakers, then for, no, we're up. For, we're up. For, I think we're a half up.
1: game up now. Okay, we're so we're up. half
2: game up. So, w- what would make us feel comfortable going into the break up two against the Lakers?
3: Um, yeah, I You're think good. if we go four one on this road trip, that'll take care of itself, honestly.
2: Okay. Okay. I think so. The, I have Lakers, a
3: question,
1: so the Lakers have problems without Davis. I mean, oh, I, man. I think, I think the Clippers, like Jag, it's definitely right to look at this trip and look at this near future as an opportunity against the Lakers. But man, they have they lost to this team yesterday. Not that, not that the Wizards couldn't have surprised us. You know, they were they were down five. They have a ton of offense on that team. But uh the Lakers have been consistently struggling uh without Davis. They've taken they've gone to overtime against, I feel like every crappy team uh seems to take them to overtime and now they finally lost against, you know, a team like the Wizards. They're they're gonna have some problems, man. I, I just I just think that this is gonna be a stretch for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're just okay with being, you know, a top three team or something long. They those might lines. Be, but,
2: the, but the thing is if you look at the standings. There is a logjam. jam. Like, the Suns are right there in the loss column now. And they play yeah, the right. right? And the, the Blazers, and weirdly enough, the Spurs aren't that far away. They, they play the Blazers. So, I mean, a, a lot is really going to kind of be dictated in this next week heading up into uh, – week, week and a half heading up into the All-Star break. I mean, they could – be around that four or five slot
3: yeah i mean yeah they they, i my thing with the lakers is that even before ad got hurt they weren't playing well at all like they 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 dropped two games to the pistons in which ad did play um blake griffin outscored
1: lebron james i'm never gonna forget yeah
3: i mean I mean, they were, um, they they had a game with against Oklahoma City where they only won by a point in overtime. So it, 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 they just weren't they weren't playing with any real good mojo. Um, but I, I I I have my own reservations about the Lakers. Um, but I think if we take care of business, all of that will 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 take care of itself. Um, but we have a back to back against Memphis coming up, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Thursday, Friday. Have
3: have any of you guys been to Memphis?
2: No, no.
3: Neither have I. I was just wondering. Isn't (laughs) that like the uh, (laughs) supposed to to be?
2: It's supposed to be one of the best places. I remember uh, Dan Wokey was saying it's one of the best places to watch a game. As a fan,
3: don't they have like the Music Hall of Fame there or something?
1: Something. (laughs)
3: Yeah, <laughs> i mean see, I, I don't know see why i'm on this su- tangent i'm sorry
1: the see you sunday
2: barbecue.
1: see you sunday is like a chant i still kind of use with my friends and that that see you sunday chant that they had uh way back when um i think it was for what game against the clippers was like game five or something like that i don't remember which game which game is that there's a see you because i think i think we were going home we were up three one maybe against them and then, uh, and then, game six was in LA. Game five was the CU Sunday. It was. was that
2: the, it was. Yeah, it was the Chris Paul. I like. Uh, uh, what time's the game? Noon. Oh, I right. like. <laughs> get in, and get out yeah so so that that
1: that that chat which must have originated somewhere else i remember that uh, being at that end event event memphis game i was i remember thinking that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty cool chat that's my biggest thing for memphis really i don't know anything about the city i'm sure it's chill um yeah that's that's my take and i, I think we're gonna be wrapping up this pod with that take you guys have anything left to say jag justin
2: i'm good
3: i'm i'm good i'm good uh Listen, I, I think that I think, um, at the risk of sounding like a homer, I think the Clippers are really good when healthy. And probably the biggest objective over the next five game road trip is just to stay healthy and stay out of health and safety protocols. And then we should be good if that happens. And the Clippers, the, the
2: Clippers and, are really good. Go ahead, Jack. And, and let's distance ourselves from the Lakers. Let's put the Lakers in that pack. Because if there's some weird way, that because I, I don't know if we're going to be able to catch the Jazz. Um, I, we, we haven't seen that schedule come out, which I think comes out next week, right? Um, and we don't play the Jazz again anyway, so that doesn't have anything to do with it. But, um, you know, we, we, if the Lakers ended up in the four or five and we're in the two three, geez, that's almost a win. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of wild Absolutely. I'm, I'm right? I, don't, I don't want to say anything too quick on the Lakers you know I do think they're in trouble it's still LeBron James but I do think that they're in a little bit of trouble right now I'm very very curious to see what's going to happen to them uh, these next few weeks because they they feel like they're kind of skating a little bit uh, on some thin ice but we'll see um, you know they just won a championship so uh, <laughs> they have some leeway. <laughs>
2: We just need to take care of business. We just need to take take care care of of business. business.
1: And that'll do it for this episode of the Janet the Podcast. Thanks to Justin and Jag. Of course, leave us a nice review on whatever you listen to. Five stars. Five stars really helps. And as always, go Glibber.